We're ready to talk about John chapter 1. I, I just love that Elkin keeps getting scriptures for the prayer time that are in the same like chapter and verse that I I'm, I'm, end up speaking on and there's no communication between us. It's kind of cool. It's like the Holy, there's something called the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. All right, this little light. Say this little light. All right, let's, go to the, let's get, get going here. Go to the next slide. Okay, here's the question. How powerful is Jesus? How powerful is Jesus? He's so powerful. How powerful is Jesus to you? All right, how powerful is Jesus? You got the question? It's in your head? All right, we're going to spend a little bit of time on it. Go to the next slide. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. In the very beginning of the Bible, God is talking and he indicates that there's other parts and pieces to this creative force. It's God, but there's others. As we learn more about Jesus, and we're going to look at this next scripture here, you can go ahead and flip to the next one. We learn that, that the Bible introduces us to Jesus when he arrives here in the flesh, but Jesus has been here from the beginning. He is part of the creative force of the universe. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning... That was what we just read about, right? In the beginning of creation, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And when it says Word, if you, if you keep reading through the book of John, you real, this is talking about Jesus, was the Word. And the Word was with God, so he was physically with God. And the Word was God. This is complicated. How are you guys doing? Everyone just, I, I see the face. That's the same face I have when I read this stuff. I'm like, geez, what's going on here? This is, this is deep. This is deep. Okay, so he was with God, and the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All right. Let's focus in on a simpler verse today, the one I have highlighted there in dark. It says, all things came into being through him. Say through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. All right. I'm going to be the first person to admit it is very difficult to understand how the Godhead works. Is that okay? Are you okay not fully understanding that? Never feel like you need to fully understand that. I don't think you're capable of fully understanding that. I think as we walk with God, over time, he can give us more insight into himself. But I want to remind you, he's God. He's pretty big. And it might just be beyond us. It might be so far beyond us that we, we find ourselves in a position from the very beginning not understanding. That lack of understanding is so challenging to human beings. Just in general. The lack of understanding is even a little more challenging to good students who get through high school and are successful in academics. Because understanding, after all, is what we are designed or trained to be good at. Now, how about the ones that make it to Cal Berkeley? Oh, it's going to be harder, I think, for them. I actually feel bad for them. I do. Because these guys, they weren't just good at high school. They were really much better than most at high school, to the point where they, they qualified in this one fraction of a percentile for this elite campus, elite school, 
because they're so good at understanding things. Now, how about the ones that got into graduate school at Cal? Oh, those, those, they, oh my goodness, talk about a tough life. The need to understand is so entrenched in you, but now wait a minute, wait a minute, then you graduate even from that and you get placed in these high-level workforces where you have to go function and work and lead because you're so darn good. What are you good at? You're good at understanding things. Oh, what a disadvantage. What a disadvantage you have because then when you are called on for the first time by God, the spirit being that's completely connected to but outside and other than this natural realm, he totally gets it inside and out, fully comprehends everything that's going on, and he actually exists above it, beyond it, outside of it, to the point where he created it. And he says, hey, I see you down there. I see that you were good in school. I see that you were good in college. I see that you were now good in the workplace. You're celebrated, rewarded, honored, because you're such a good understander. I like understanders, but I'm going to invite you into a relationship and I know you don't understand anything from this moment. Now, one of my guys a long time ago said, it would be good if you pursued knowledge of me and learned about me. It would be even better if you understood things about me. But I want to acknowledge at this moment, you don't know a thing. You really don't. Now, maybe you've been walking with me for how many years? Three years? Some of you, seven years? Some of you, 20 years. 20 years, huh? You have 20 years of understanding me, my ways, spiritual realities, eternal things. I've been here forever, and I'm inviting you into a relationship with me. How qualified are you in this moment? Oh, I'm not even going to ask you that question. Because I don't want to make you insecure and uncomfortable. But I think it would be really good for you if you understood from the outset that you don't really get it. And it, what you do get, it's kind of a gift for me because I'm going to give you a spiritual bump here and there. I'm going to tell you it's really good to read the Word and pursue understanding. And I'm going to tell you it's really good to surround yourself with people that, like you, want to understand me and my ways. But I'm pretty big. I'm pretty powerful. And I gave you some examples. Thousands of years ago, I actually physically came to earth. And I invited a lot of people, but I really just picked 12 guys. I was like, guys, let's go for a walk. We'll do it for a couple of years. You'll literally be with me right here every single day. These guys were pumped. They thought they had been chosen because they were qualified. They thought they were interacting with a person they could see eye to eye with and understand. And Jesus was really patient. He was really kind. He had a lot of love in him that he was showing towards these guys. And do you think that they may for a moment have been confused to think that they were there because they understood and because they discerned? And do you think Jesus said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong? 
No, he said, I love you, I love you, I love you. Just stay here. Stay right here. And the examples that we see as they interacted with him over and over is the examples where he would say something and they would say, that doesn't make any sense. And he would say, Jesus, this doesn't make any sense. You should do these things. And Jesus would say, no, (laughs) you are completely wrong. You completely don't understand, but I love you. Walk with me. I love you. Walk with me. The most extreme example of this is when Jesus is there and Peter comes up and says, we should do these things. And Jesus says, I rebuke you, Satan. And then, and then Peter in that moment is totally confused, completely thrown off. We read that and we're like, I don't really understand that, but man, Peter was dumb. The truth was, it was a spirit realm that Jesus was functioning in. And Peter was very much in the natural realm. Peter was a baby. He'd been walking for decades in preparation to understand the Lord because he was a Jew raised with foundations that were strong, probably more knowledgeable of the Old Testament than anyone in this room just by virtue of his culture and his upbringing. But he came face to face with Jesus, who fully was God, fully man, fully functioning in the natural, but really driven by the spiritual. And he had grace on us because he was, he was interacting with us. And so we here today are in the same context, the same invitation, where a spiritual God has invited us into a natural and spiritual relationship, the first thing we must do is acknowledge that we are small, lowly, and we don't understand much. And so when I read a scripture like this, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. I just, I slow down and I don't start bringing out dictionaries, and I don't start bringing out uh, commentaries and, and, and consider what a thousand people have said this meant. Because for centuries, we've been dreaming of knowing God. For centuries, we've had different interpretations of how do you approach an infinite spirit being. But remember, it's God in his great wisdom and knowledge that chooses to have relationship with us who are so simple And we're babies. We're babies. When I'm 99, and I've just done it all, read it all, experienced it all, I will know how little I know. I will be like, gosh, I could have been here for another century and had like just a glimpse of who this big God is. And so the the introductory remark here is God is big. You must be small to have a relationship with him. Small in your thinking about how much you understand. Small in your, in your ego about how important your thoughts are, your understanding is. We must default, lean back into a place where he is big and I am small. And so when I ask you this question, how powerful, how, and, and I, powerful is not the only word, but big, important, significant, moving, is Jesus, it's really good for you to start your days, your moments, your interaction with God with with that size differential in mind. 
You see, because your concerns, they can define everything about your relationship with God. They can, they can totally warp your ability to actually interact with the King of Kings and the, the Lord of all creation. Because you can be like me, and I'm going to give you a silly example from this week. My shoulder got hurt this week. I don't know why. I, was, I didn't do anything. I think it's either a sign of old age or my wife like stabbing me while I'm asleep with something. I, there's something happened and my shoulder has been awful. Like this hurts really bad. It's, yeah. This, this thing like corrupts my whole parad- perspective on life when it hurts. It's weird, but like it's, it's hot, it throbs. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's, but it's super temporary, right? It's super small. Like I can, you know, I can still eat. That's all that matters. Right? Like, I, can, I, I, got, I can get my hands through my clothes. One of you is going to pray for me after. We're going to get healed. We're going to be fine. But it's a silly example, but man, it affects everything. Because I'm, I'm steered by how I feel. I'm, I'm, my attention is drawn to what I can't do. I just want to be full. I want, to, I want my understanding of the full version of me to be available and powerful and to go. And when it's not there, I find myself going, do I believe in healing? Is he going to heal me? Where are you, God? I know you know this hurts. Involuntary conversations like coming out of my head, into my heart, into my mouth. It's not a good commentary on me, but I think it's a true commentary on us. And maybe it's not your shoulder, maybe it's your work, maybe it's not your work, it's your girlfriend, maybe it's not your girlfriend, it's your parents, maybe it's not your parents, it's your kid, maybe it's not your kid, it's just you. (laughs) It's just you, you're the problem. Whatever the problem is, it's like a shoulder that's just not working right, and it's like it shapes the whole color of how things are supposed to go. And I just, I get into these moments, and I find myself thankful because I say, God, oh, I'm so small. And in my life, it's so short. And you're so beautiful. And I'll just challenge you guys. As you, as you lean with me into a place where we're calling on God for greater works in our fellowship, we're calling on God to show up in ways that we've dreamt of him showing up. I want you to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I want you to get promotions at work where you're leading hundreds, if not thousands of people. I want you to invent things that heal people and inspire people or restore wealth and give strength. I want you to be on the cutting edge of God sending you to places to do great and mighty works. But as we lean into that type of destiny, we realize that we're kind of out on the edge of being able to do things in ourselves versus do things because he is flowing through us and we couldn't actually do the things if it weren't for him. I don't want you to live a life where you achieve 100% of your natural capacity. Oh, that would be disappointing. I mean, look at you. You're good, but 100% of you by yourself with no spirit backing, no 
Holy Spirit empowerment, no God prompts, no God empowerment, no God using you, just you with your best ideas alone. Oh, we're pretty small. We're just small. We're small by design. Oh, what a good title we have for the sermon today, This Little Light. You guys remember the song? Don't sing it. (laughs) All things came into being through him. How big is Jesus? He was the active piece of creation. He was the funnel through which all creation came to being. He was the power, the, the, the hand through which all came out of God. How powerful is he? Powerful enough to create all of this. I think when we think of Jesus, we often think of the guy who walked around doing miracles. The guy who laid his life down and died. See, he asked this question, who do you say that I am? And I think the answer that many gave, well, some say you're a prophet, because here in the natural, you're projecting things that might happen in the future. Some say that you're the Messiah. Maybe you're the one that came to deliver us as a people into a new place. These, these were true. And I just wonder for you, when, when I say, how big is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Do you describe him in those pieces, or do you immediately say, no, he's God? He created all of this. He was the active vehicle through which God created the universe, and I have invited him into my heart. He is in relationship with me. He speaks to me. I know him, and he is that God. It's a different God. It's a bigger God. And that's the God that John was telling the New Testament church I want to remind you in the beginning, before we start talking about the account of Jesus, I want to remind you that he was God in the beginning. He was there. He was the one that Moses was referring to in the book of Genesis when they said, let us make man in our image. It was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the hour, and it is Jesus that was in that conversation. He's pretty big. And without him, not one thing came into being. All right, Don, you're holding me back. Let's go to the next slide. There we go. All right, what has come into being in him was life. All right, this is a beautiful, beautiful passage. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So what has come into being in Jesus was life. Let's go to the next chapter, next slide. How powerful are you? So how powerful is Jesus? So powerful. Let's pray. So powerful. Created all this stuff. If that's where he stopped, that would have been enough. It's really simple, I think, for us to acknowledge He's big. Maybe we don't understand it fully. We should pursue understanding, but, but we can just back off even when we get kind of confused as we lean into that. And we could just look outside at a tree and go, whoever was responsible for all this, pretty powerful stuff. Then maybe if that's not good enough, you look at the mountain, you go, okay, there's some depth here. 
for all my geologists. There's some, there's some complexity to this thing. And if that's not enough, maybe we look up at the sky and we go, well, those stars, I haven't been to one, but I got a feeling there is, there's some stuff going on here. He's pretty big. He's pretty big. He's pretty good to know. Paul said you don't even have to have scripture. You could just look at creation and, and acknowledge that there's a God that's this magnificent. But now, how powerful are you? How powerful are you? Look at your neighbor. Go ahead. I want, just look at him. Don't say a word. But they know what you're thinking. The question is, how powerful are you, neighbor? Oh, look at all the discomfort. This makes me so happy. I love this part of the service. You asked me last week, Kat, why do you, Kat goes, why do you make us talk to each other? It makes me so uncomfortable. You always tell us to say things that are, make other people uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, that's for me. It makes me happy. It's just really fun to watch you guys struggle. So how powerful are you? Come on, Don. Let's go. Why don't we read the same passage again? We're going to read the same verses again. And I'm going to ask a different set of questions. The first set t- time we w- went through this, we said, how powerful is God? We're going to read the same scriptures, and I'm going to ask, how powerful are you? You ready? All right. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. So you're telling me when God designed you, Stephen, Alex, Robert, Sophia, Irona, Nicola, Jennifer. When he, when he designed you, he's like, I want them to be just like us. Just like us. Weak, small, insignificant. No, 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 no. They were in the middle of creating all of this. They said, let's make someone who has the same DNA, the same capacity to create, the same magnificent abilities within them that we have within us. I wonder if I was to ask God how big Jesus is, what he would say, and if the next question was, well, how big is Elijah? I think he might say the same thing. I think he might say, when he made us, he made us in his image, in his likeness. So when all of creation sees me walking down the road, they, they, they step back in awe and wonder at the capacity that I carry around. I think that's how God did this from the beginning. All right, scripture number one. Let's go to scripture number Don, yes, powerful. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. All things came into being through him. All things. All things. That's you. All things. That's you. So the same God that created me in him, his image also made it possible for me to exist. 
not just by random acts of chance, but by specific design, he tailored me for this moment in this season to represent and be like him here on earth. How powerful am I? Am I here by chance? Or am I here with intention and capacity that reflects the creator who created me? I think you know the answer. Let's go to the next one. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. All right. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. All right. I wanted today to remind you of the size of yourself. Today I wanted to remind you of the size of the God who you follow. And today I wanted to invite you into a place where you begin to function and move with an awareness of the power of God, not around you, but the power of God within you. You see, he didn't make a mistake when he shaped you. When I have an injury like in my shoulder, one of the first things I always do, because he did it for me for a long time, I had a hip thing for a long time, and I get so frustrated. And I don't know if it's like a personal thing. I get so frustrated because I'd be like, ah, what is wrong? And he'd go, I, make, I made you well. And it's like it's the opposite of what I was experiencing. But when I have like something that's small, like small but detracting from me, I remind myself I'm made really, really well. I am designed to accomplish and do and be everything that he had designed me for during my tenure here on earth. He didn't make a mistake with this one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now maybe the hair. We can negotiate about the hair. I don't understand that yet. I'm seeking understanding. But I've surrendered that. I see all you proud, heavily-haired people out there. He didn't make us, he didn't make us wrong. You don't, you don't, he, didn't, he didn't mess anything up. You aren't lacking capacity for the life he intended for you. It's just the opposite. And it's, it's, it's one thing to believe in a big God. It's another thing to believe that, that there's a big God in me. And that we, I've been designed with this capacity, not just to exist with an awareness of something that's good that's out there, but I've been designed with the capacity to exist in a way that I can be like him to every environment he opens the door for me to be in. Every environment. Because he, after all, created this whole thing. So the question is, how powerful am I going to be while I'm here? You are the light of the world. Now this is where I want to flip back and forth between these two slides, okay? Because this is Jesus talking to the crowds on the mountain. He gives, he gives his uh, Beatitudes, so he gives his most famous sermon, and then he leads right into this, and he says, you are the light of the world. Go back to the last slide. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. So Jesus, when he created and introduced humanity as rejoined to God, he breathed life into creation. He breathed life into creation. And then when we 
sign up to be reborn in him, we invite the Spirit of God, and his Spirit lives in us, and we breathe of his Spirit, and we breathe life into creation, and that life transfer from that which is within us to that which is without is the physical manifestation of light on earth. This is pretty complicated, but it's pretty beautiful. The Spirit of God is alive in you. When, when the Spirit of God rests here on earth, this natural place, in the spirit realm, the light of heaven has manifested here on earth in you. When Jesus came, he was the light of the world. He arrived in a dark planet that was waiting for the light of heaven and of God to brighten and reveal God's handiwork on earth. Jesus dies, he resurrects, and he says, you are the light of the world. You who follow me are now lights, spiritual lights here on earth. There is not any aspect of darkness that can snuff out the light. There is nothing on earth strong enough to silence or quiet or cover the light that is in you because it's from another realm, it's from another place. It is me, the Spirit of God, manifest in you. You see, I think we think of ourselves and we go, Jesus is powerful. If he were here, there would be great things happening. He is light and darkness would flee. Me? Oh, I'm a little tiny light. I'm a little, 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 little light. What if it's really, 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 really dark and you have a little, 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 little light? This is a physics question. Does the light still work? Is it so dark that the light doesn't shine light? No. Don't give me, don't give me black hole stuff. Don't, don't take me into outer space. We're still on earth. Yeah, I know where you're going. She's one of those PhDs. See? See how hard it is? She can't, she can't do it. All right. The light of God is in you. The light of God is in you. The light of God is you. You are the light of the world. When you've asked Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, fill me up with the light and life of heaven, you are carrying that light wherever you go. There's no darkness that can combat what you have within. But Jesus gives this warning, if you go to the next one. He says, your city built on a hill that can't be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel or basket. You wouldn't choose to do that, but on a lampstand. So you'd put it up on high, on display, because then it would give light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. There's a day coming in your life, which will also mean in the life of this church, where there's beautiful manifestation, that's a spiritual word, but like a, a beautiful arrival of the kingdom of God showing up in the lives of people in powerful ways. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom here on earth through you. And the question I have to you is how powerful are you? 
And I think many of you would measure yourself by your experience. You'd measure yourself by your failures, maybe, and some by your successes. But I want to caution you, it's the wrong measuring stick. The measuring stick is what Jesus says about you. When he designed you and he says, I made you and I crafted you and I, I was so specific to make you just like me, all I was waiting for, for was for you to surrender your life and then I'd fill you with light and life to the point where you could be on display for all of creation to see. Jesus, what do you say about me? How powerful am I? You're just as powerful as I was. In fact, I was only here for three. You could be here for 70. If you're here for 70 and you understand who you are, the works you do will be greater than the works I did. Remember before I went, I said, you'll do greater works than I did. Well, how is that possible, Jesus? It's because you're, you're me. You're just, we're the same. Christians, little Christs. You're just like me. And so I want you to begin with me to measure yourself in the way that the Lord measures you. How powerful am I? I'm Jesus to earth. I am Jesus manifest here. I am designed in the same way that he was designed. He crafted me to look just like him. It's the same spirit in me that was in him. And I can go anywhere and the light in me dispels darkness. The only way, the only way, Bethany's right, the only way that that light is so small that it doesn't work is if you cover it up. If you put a basket over it and you, you, you crouch over it to the point where you say, I, I'm no light at all. I'm waiting for the light to come. I'm a Christian. I'm waiting for the light to arrive and save the day. But no, 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 there's, there's, that's wrong. There's a light in you. All you need to do, it's not understand all of this stuff. It's not perfect understanding that leads you into manifestation of the kingdom on earth. Paul, Peter, the disciples, different levels of academic awareness, they demonstrated the works of the Lord because they were bold to stand and say, there's a new day, there's good news. His light is in me. I'm a new creation. But I'm created by the same creator that crafted all of this, but he's now filled me with his spirit. And he can change your life. He's changed my life. The evidence is righteousness. I feel like I'm connected to God in the most pure of ways. There's peace everywhere I go. Crazy circumstances, yes. Peace wherever I go. And joy, oh, I'm happy. I am happy. I don't know why. It's not always good times in my house, but I am happy because it's not just for what's coming, it's for who's in me, it's for where we are, and, and for who he is. I want you with me to endeavor forward with a new kind of posture. It's not a posture of pride because I have arrived. It's a posture of confidence because the, the, the basket has come off. I'm just overwhelmed with joy because of who God is in me. He's made me well. I'm designed to impact your life. I'm designed to impact your life. I have all these coworkers. I'm designed to impact their lives. 
There's different levels and varying degrees of how, how forceful and aggressive you are with the gospel. But you have to, at the very fundamental level, take the, take the curtains back and reveal the joy and the hope that's in you. When we were in worship today, God kind of dropped a phrase in my mind. He, just, he said, the, the, the light of the Lord is in the eyes of my beloved. I love those, like, beloved terms. I remember when I was dating Sophia, and she looked at me for the first time in a way that she told me she was in love with me. I could see it in her beautiful blue eyes. I remember it, though. It was different. I saw, like, life and light in there, and before that, she was just, like, checking me out, like... (laughs) Like, who are you and why are you here? Like, she, was, she had the bushel on. She was like, you don't, who are you? Do I, you know, who is this? But there was a moment where that changed and there was light in her eyes towards me. In 2009 or 10, I was at probably one of the lowest points I'll ever be at in life. It was, a, it was like a culmination of awful things. I had spent every dollar I had. I had maxed out every credit card I had. I was living on a friend's couch, and I was working at like 9 o'clock at night, doing the job God had told me to do. I was on year two and hadn't made a dollar, and he's like, doing great. And for a couple years, he'd been telling me, you're doing great. But every circumstance in my life was like, you're doing terrible. <laughs> That's what it said, anyway. But I knew I was doing the right things. I just didn't know, like, none of the circumstances felt right. And I was working late one night at the computer in an office with, like, you know, 80 cubes, big office floor, late, late night. I'm the only one there on the computer standing up. For whatever reason, I turned around. So if I was working, I was on the computer. I turned around. And right when I turned around, it was like Jesus was standing right in front of me. And I could see his face. And all I saw were these eyes that were so bright and so alive. And all I can say was there was hope, love, joy, peace. And this overwhelming wave of acceptance came over me. Like he loves loves me. He loves me. And I'll, I'll remind you, it was at one of the lowest points in my life. I had nothing to offer. I couldn't give an offering. I couldn't lead anyone. You don't lead people when you're in a bad place. I wasn't performing in a way that was showing up on earth to where it was like, oh, this is obvious. He's, you know, fruits of the Spirit everywhere. I was just, I was struggling to stay afloat. And Jesus stood in front of me. And the light of the Lord came through his eyes and changed me forever just with that one look. And I want to invite you guys into an understanding. The light of the Lord is on you in the same way he was on me. He looks at you right now with absolute acceptance, absolute joy because he made you. And he knows the plans he has for you. He's proud to be your father. He's proud to be your beloved, your, your spouse, 
The church is his bride. That's what the Bible says. So the idea is that, that he has intimate love and excitement over us. And, and, and you have to remind yourself, I don't understand all of this. And usually it's the, it's the contrast between what's going on in your life and what you think should be happening with God. I don't understand all of this, but he loves me. His light is not just on me, it's in me. And not only does he love me, he's excited for what's ahead of us. Our relationship is hopeful. And it's for you to realize in your, in your walking with God, as you endeavor to lean into great calling and great faith and great acts of faith, if you bend your decisions and your choices to what you feel over what is true, you will never be the full version of who you're supposed to be. It's the truth of who he has made you to be, the truth of his light within you that's powerful to impact culture, impact people, to heal, restore, set free. It's the truth of that, not how you feel about yourself or how you feel about the moment. You'll never muster enough good feelings to heal someone that's addicted to drugs and set them free. You'll never think the right thoughts enough for his spirit to show up and send someone from a suicidal moment into a, a hope-filled life where they have dreams and vision for themselves again. But guys, this is the difference between who you were and who you are today. You've surrendered yourself to God, and now the truth is there is no darkness that can shut down your light. There is only this light of the kingdom and the light of God that can overwhelm the spirits of anxiety, fear, death, depression, hopelessness, powerlessness. This is what everyone wrestles with that doesn't have the hope and life and light of God. And those things want to come and insert themselves into your own thinking, but the truth is, no, no, I'm reborn. I'm remade. His spirit's within me. And I'm powerful. So when I say, how powerful is Jesus? He made it all. How powerful are you? He made me just like him. Keep it simple. Keep it true. I don't care how you feel. The truth is he's designed you to go into the environments you're in with great hope, joy, and light. And so go this week. Go with boldness. Go with boldness. Some of you are designed to minister the gospel to people in your workplace. You're designed because you have a unique knack where you can actually deliver the gospel in a way that changes lives. Others of you are designed in a way where you can love people with such affection and affirmation and strength that they are lifted up. The fruits of the gospel are shown through your actions and your words. And others of you are there to pray and to intercede with great hope and conviction for the ones that you're around. None of you are designed to go silently waiting for God to arrive. There is no version of the gospel that says, just go hang out and I'll do the rest. It really doesn't work. It, it doesn't. He doesn't do that. In fact, it's really obvious that wasn't his plan. He left and said, now you go do what I did. That's, that's the only way it works. And so please don't pray for God to move in Berkeley or in your workplace. Please pray that God would move through you in Berkeley and in your workplace and in your school. Please pray that he gives you the courage to take 
the bushel off, take the cover off, the basket off, just to be proud of the light and life that's in you and trust that like all the disciples, he'll come and back you up. Because after all, it's not your understanding that wins the day. You're not going to explain it enough. Please don't debate. Just don't do it. Love. Love. Patience, kinds. You don't have to have, you don't have, to have it your own way. People like that don't get here. Get here. This light in me. I love you. It's like, oh, we disagree. Oh, come here. Give me a hug. It's cool. Like, I know. Like, I disagree with myself sometimes, but I, I just, like, I love you. It's, it's cool. Do you want to get coffee? Let's just go get coffee and talk about how, how great life's going to be. You know, like, let, let's, let's approach this from there's something in me that's bigger than what I understand or even what I feel at times. But it's true. It's Jesus. He's here. All right, let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Father, I thank you for these awesome ambassadors for your kingdom. I thank you that you've designed each one so well. You've designed them to be empowered by your spirit to transform this earth into your kingdom. And so I just release each one with great courage and great authority to go where they feel called to go. Some to workplaces, some to family, some to friends, others just to strangers to lead them into the greater awareness of the light of the Lord on earth. Father, give each one confidence again. Give each one new boldness. Renew our strength. Renew our minds so that we could be clear to act on your behalf. God, I just cancel the assignments of confusion and doubt. I cancel the assignments of fear and uh, apathy in the place of those, those voices that would counter your work on earth. We declare we will go as great lights to the earth. We will love and we will be your life to those who need it, because God, you've made us to do that. We, we trust you that you've made us well, and we believe that you can work miracles through us. If you're in this room today and you need a miracle, you are the one that needs the light and life. You've been harassed and bombarded by thoughts. You've been controlled and manipulated by emotions. I just want you to, I want you to stand and receive prayer. We're gonna have everyone stand together but let's all stand together, and if, if you are kind of on the prayer team and you're, you're going to be praying, make your way up. Start to make your way up while I'm still talking. I just want you guys, listen, there is no time where you're supposed to be influenced more by darkness than by light. It is not stronger than that which is within you. And all of us at different times have to check in and get prayer and get restored in the proper alignment where we are full of life, we're full of joy, we're full of peace. The evidence of the kingdom is the strongest evidence that I carry, and, and it requires that we engage with one another. It's like light brings to light the things that need to be brought to light in one another. And so I just want you guys, with great courage, just get prayer. Get prayer every week with your friends, with, with family, until you break through. You're not supposed to accept those things. Those are not God assignments. He does not, he does not assign anxiety. He does not assign fear. He does not want you to have sleepless nights. He does not want you to be crippled by the vices that are actually just spirits in the, the region that you're in. So just be bold and, and step forward and get prayer. And I just bless you guys. I'm so excited because I know what's ahead of us as a church. We have a season of harvest coming. A season of harvest. The harvest is a result of you guys getting out there with joy, with, with an awareness that, hey, 
there's a, there's a king worth following. Follow me as I follow him. And so I just, I, I encourage you today, go this week, share the love of God with the people that you're around, and he will back you up. It'll be good. Good? All right. God bless you guys. We love you. Come up for prayer if you want it. Have a good week.